0: tech with abu where you can listen anywhere on your portable devices this is a series of episodes with different topics discussed on disabilities different backgrounds religious sports technology and people in the disability section because we're always trying to be equal and be equalized with everyone so you can listen to this on your various platforms such as spotify apple music acas google Podcasts, or any other platforms online podcast services that are out there and you're joined with your host abu Bakr, the podcast called sport tech with abu so subscribe like comment and share
1: sport tech with abu catch the latest interviews from the professionals of the specialised fields, singers, charities for the blind and from blind sports athletes.
2: I'm Matt. VI rugby is a very new sport, it's basically a concept sport at the minute, Um, so we're just trying to get it off the ground, trying to get it to become a competitive sport. How do we play this game? Because I'm registered blind and I can't see that much, so for a person that's blind, registered blind, how do they play it? The ball's got a bell in it. a shake when you're holding the ball if you if you're if you want to catch the ball you clap before so you let the person know that's got the ball you're ready to catch it
0: and what are the rules um, how many people play it? and is it like the normal rugby where you
2: got about more about 15 players or is it less players than the blind one so we play anywhere between seven and ten players maximum trying to limit the amount of players that are running around
1: I'm Izzy and for me Blind and VR Rugby is focusing on the site that you do have so it's about utilising that in gameplay rather than creating a level playing field it's actually creating a quality version of the game
0: and how long this game has been going on and how can people play it
1: blind rugby has been going on five or six years now so it's a concept that we came up with at worcester warriors foundation um vi rugby has been going on a little bit less yeah about three or four about years. three or four and that's um something that the change foundation have pushed and that's their baby
0: what equipment is normally played i know you got the ball sound and what other equipment do you, do you would this work with tag rugby as well or is it different for the tag rugby
1: tag rugby isn't a version that we use we use touch um in the bi game and then blind rugby is a semi-contact form of the game um so tags aren't something that we utilize
0: is this up and running now in the whole uk or is it only in a certain part of the country at the minute
1: so it's growing and developing and um, the blind game that Because it's come from us in a Premiership rugby club, we have tried to spread it across other Premiership rugby clubs it has been taken up as far as Newcastle to Exeter. So it is quite renowned in that aspect. Uh, The VI game is born in London and Harlequins um, support that version of the game. So in the Premiership rugby world, it's quite well known.
2: There's a England VI team going to the Rugby World Cup at the end of the year. And they'll be playing uh, fronts in some compacted games as well. It's not as loud as we hoped it would be. But... So what's actually in the ball? So there's a there's one bell and a bead um, in the original versions of the ball. It was two bells, and it was a lot louder. We we're just trying to. This is prototype number
1: prototype two. Prototype number two. And it wasn't.
2: as has got a prototype number one. <laughs> we used big cone so bigger than a normal one so you can if you've got a sight you can see them and we do like a walk around before so you can see where it is okay and people don't have not sight how do they know the? do they get like a clap down there's some cone and yeah so we'll have people facilitating around the outside of the pitch to make sure people know where the edges are when they're playing and um let's say if i'm gonna go and tackle someone is there like any rules for people to tackle for yellow card or red card not in terms of sanctions but the tackles aren't as a normal tackle be, where it's at like hip height it's more of a hug hold tackle that like people have stood up right. and are you more of a rugby league fan or a rugby union fan <laughs> uh, <yeah>. definitely. <laughs> definitely rugby union why is that then um it's because it's what i've played i've played since i was little and i'm, I'm still coaching now. so if you search the Worcester warriors foundation we write all social medias and website i'm matt from Worcester warriors foundation you're listening to sport tech with abby
3: This is Sport Tech
4: with Abu. We're CrossFit Warriors Showdown Club, and we are also UK Showdown. So in Showdown, everyone wears eye shades, so it makes it one of the more unique visually impaired sports because anyone can play with anyone. So I, as a person with the uh, Foresight can play you, who have very little sight. We've both got shades on, so we're equal in that regard. Everyone wears a glove on their playing hand for protection, because the ball is uh, a round, yellow plastic, hard plastic ball. And we use what we call paddles, which are the bats. There's two games, or two versions of the game. So there's a a team game, and there's an individual game. So we deal with the individual game, because that's probably a little bit easier. Um, Each person has two serves. When they serve, the referee will put the ball on the table for them and uh, you will take it with your non-playing hand, as I say, move it anywhere you like Mm -hmm. and hit the ball. The ball must hit the side on your side of the screen once before it goes under the screen if it hits more than once when you're serving it's a short serve and that's a point to your opponent if it goes under the screen without hitting at all that's a point to your opponent that's a long serve
0: and if you hit it and it goes off the table
4: that's a point to your opponent right that can get quite technical but we we'll just leave it at
0: that yeah obviously. and what's the maximum point of a
4: person to win the it's 11 points to win yep and you must be 2 points ahead right so, if you
0: get... so similar to like table tennis it's
4: exactly the same as table tennis is in the scoring terms.
0: Could you just tell us the difference between the Individual
4: and a team game, please. Okay, so so shall we just finish the uh, the individual game? Yeah, sure. So once the ball is in play, once you've served it, you can hit it as many times as you like against the sides, mm-hmm. and it just you just keep playing then until a goal is scored or an infringement is um, uh, done, and then you stop and you reset and you start serving again. So that that's that's the way the, the game goes. In a team game, it's three v three, and it's up to thirty one. It's a single um, set, up to 31, and the best way I can explain it is that um, player A on your team, if you like, serves three times to player B on the opposition side, Okay. then they go off. Team B, uh, player B on your side then comes on, and team uh, A from the other side serves to you three times, then he goes off, or they go off, and the next person comes on. After the Games, the yeah. tables that are being used at the Games will be available for um, clubs teams to have, under certain conditions, obviously, um, and BBS will be organising that after the Games. We're Chrysler Warriors Showdown Club, and we are also UK Showdown, so the national governing body and a club. We're in Croydon, as you rightly say. I have a little leaflet here that's all about it. It also has in the bottom um, a tactile QR code, which is oh, a full description of... Um, you've heard the... Uh, description there's a description on there it's uh, an audible description so that anyone who is visually impaired can just get the qr code and then they can oh fantastic learn all about it just feel it okay do you feel wow. the shiny yes bit? yes okay yes, so yes. that's the qr code so you can put your qr code reader on there and uh press play and there there is an audio description of and a little bit about showdown on there We are on Facebook at Croissat Warriors Goalball. We're using the same one or on Twitter at Croissat Warrior or on email at Showdown at outlook.com. My name is Robin Faulkner and you are listening to Sport Tech with Abu. This is Sport
3: Tech with Abu. My name is Edgar Herridge and I work with the England and Wales Cricket Board trying to get more people involved in the game of cricket. We're here today at the Ibsle World Blind Games activation zone uh, with some visually impaired cricket set up. The rules of VI cricket actually very similar to a regular game of cricket Batter versus bowler 11 in each team Fielders in the field uh, There are slight variations In terms of the rulings for B1 players Compared to B2 through to B4 players B1 player is allowed two bounces When the ball's bowled uh, And can also catch the ball after one bounce Just giving them chance Because the ball Which I'm going to grab off of a fatigue here Thank you uh, The ball that we play with domestically Is a size 3 football With yes, ball bearings inside correct. And then internationally it's a, a smaller ball, the size of a regular cricket ball, quite a lot harder, but also, as you'll hear, quite a lot louder as well.
0: Why do you play with a smaller international, big, with domestic, and other countries play same with ball?
3: One of the main reasons, really, is actually here in England and Wales, we're the only country that use the larger domestic ball, uh, and we bowl with a, a, an overarm action, yes. like you'd see in mainstream cricket. All the other countries internationally play with this harder ball. We don't have international competitors with this larger ball. It's just the way we've developed the game. The larger ball is quite a bit more inclusive. It doesn't hurt quite as much. That said, if it, if it hits you from short range, as I'm sure you're aware, <laughs> it, it still hurts. It can still leave a bit of a bruise, but it is that bit softer. And it is, as I said, delivered with an overarm bowling action. So it looks and feels a little bit more like cricket. This smaller ball. Rock hard, travels pretty fast and if you get the opportunity to ever see our, any of our England men's or women's team in action, you'll see a very high-octane fast version of the game. But it is delivered with an underarm bowling action, it's a bit more of a sort of goal ball release I suppose would be the equivalent.
0: What do you think the future is going forward with the game because we've just seen, we had the trials recently, what's the future like?
3: I think, first thing to say, I think the future's fit really bright. I think it's been fantastic to see the first ever World Games that's been held in the UK here in Birmingham. And I think that's really positive for all VI sport. I mean, I always stress to everyone with a visual impairment, like try as many sports as you can and get involved in multiple sports. So I definitely stress that. And I think in terms of if we specifically look at VI cricket, going forwards, we want to get more people involved. So at the moment, we've got just over 20 counties with a visually impaired team. I'd like to see that across every county in England and Wales, supporting more visually impaired cricket. Uh, And that will absolutely see us continue to develop options with uh, the larger domestic ball. I think it's a really important offer for people to be able to get involved with. It's a great participation offer and then we can play that at county level. But I think also the future's got to hold some more opportunities and options for people to play with the smaller international ball. So actually those that want to go on and represent their country or develop that set of skills has the option to do that at a local level. So more people playing more opportunities with the domestic large size three ball but also growing opportunities with the smaller international ball and as I said I think the future is bright for VI cricket, I certainly hope it is
0: And uh, like you see in majority of the Country in the England and Wales you 've seen a couple of the clubs now mixed with the ladies and the multicultural ethnic backgrounds do you think that's a plus sign as well
3: absolutely no, I think um, the game of cricket has responsibility across all formats um, to make sure it 's as inclusive as it can be we've got to get more females playing we've got to make sure everyone from any background feels comfortable and confident playing a game of cricket whether that's turning up at their local club playing for their local visually impaired team or anything in between so we're really keen to ensure that's the case now I'd actually say I think the visually impaired game has already stolen a bit of a march on that as you've touched on yourself there we have a number of females playing the game which is brilliant we want more we want more ladies to come and try the game for the first time get involved, give it a go but actually there's already a number out there playing And a number of people from different backgrounds as well. Again, we want to see higher numbers and we want to encourage more people to come. But the visually impaired game is already extremely diverse. And I'm sure you playing for Lancashire and Eddie playing for the Northampton team have seen that when you've been out on the road playing your county games. But I completely agree with you in the question that you ask. We want to make sure that everyone knows that cricket is a game for them and they can come and play it in whatever format that looks like.
0: Uh, Now the next question with Ricky, who's going to win the World Cup this year in India?
3: Oh, great question. Looking ahead to the to the Cricket World Cup out in India, I'd like to see the England team go strong. I'm a massive fan of Josh Butler and that whole team, so I, I hope they can do the job for us. I, India, in Indian conditions, will be a very a very tough proposition. Also, Ben
0: Stokes has come out of retirement. Uh, do you think that's made them stronger now? And it'll be looking at the other teams that... They would be worried because Ben Stokes retired from the 2019 World Cup and now he's come back to the 2023 World Cup.
3: There isn't a team, an international team in the world, that wouldn't want Ben Stokes in their team. Whether he's on one leg, whether he's struggling with any other injuries, Ben Stokes is absolutely a match winner. Uh, And he has an ability and an experience in the game now that in those tough, tough matches, Ben Stokes can see us over the line so I think it's great news that he's come out of retirement I, I hope he's up to it and I'm, I'm sure he, he wouldn't have made that decision if he wasn't up to it so um, yeah I, I think it's absolutely phenomenal news for the England team to have a, a match winner like Stokes back in the side.
0: Brendan McCollum has changed the way when he was batting then he retired and now what he's doing in coaching as well.
3: Oh, I think we're seeing a, a bit of a revolution of the test game now under under B- Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes. and personally just from a fan's perspective I find it really exciting (laughs) and I think we have to keep encouraging people through the gates to watch Test Cricket follow Test Cricket listen to it on Test Match Special however you absorb the game you, you can't beat test cricket in my opinion so it's great to see it going through a change and like you say there's other countries around the globe who are who are starting to follow suit now when you've got exponents the likes of Babar Azam and the way that he plays the game I mean if players like this can get hold of of and, and make it their own test cricket's going to be pretty exciting for years to come
0: going forward with the international game for the blind uh, what are upcoming fixtures tournaments and what are the next challenges for the England men's and women's blind team
3: at the moment we haven't got a full sort of future future tours plan set, set out uh, where there's challenges with sort of getting everyone in the same place in, in international tour, tour for VI but I would say what I think the biggest challenge but also I think the biggest opportunity is this is the first series where the ECB have supported an England women's VI team it's definitely not going to be the last and the, 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 these, these ladies have come on really leaps and bounds even just in these, in these few weeks leading up to this tournament as I touched on earlier we want more female VI cricketers uh, and we want them playing at the top level if we can. So I think that's the most exciting thing that the future holds is not only having an England VI men's team but having an England VI women's team as well. I think we've got to keep pushing to to push the likes of India, Pakistan some of those really strong um, Asian countries to to really push them for that number one spot in the VI game. So you can find out all about plenty of different formats of cricket just by searching the ECB website and then searching under the play section of the website. But if you're looking for your local visually impaired playing offer I'd encourage you to check out the Blind Cricket England. Wales website bcew.co.uk but if you just g- google search bcew um, and there they have the list of all the counties that currently have teams with contacts where to go how to find out more about it so yeah just please get in touch worst case if you're really struggling to find something uh, drop me an email at our central email address which is disability at ecb.co.uk
0: Now we've had the 100 started as well, the third season, and you've seen how the huge development of white ball, cricket, and now the red ball slowly come. So do you think there's a future for more white over the red ball or they balance both?
3: As a fan of the game and as someone who's fortunate enough to work in the game, I I certainly hope it's a balance of both. Uh, I think the 100 is extremely exciting. I've taken my son and daughter to a couple of games this year and they've absolutely loved it. And I think it's important that we continue to engage future fans of the game who, who may not come straight to the longer format in the first instance but you've only got to look at um, well the last 18 months of Test Cricket but certainly the Ashes series we've just been treated to here in, in England and um, it's just phenomenal. That longer format is so exciting so for me for the, for the health of the game it has to have all, all its formats available. My name's Edgar Herridge and I work at the England and Wales Cricket Board and you're listening to Sport Tech with Abu. This is Sport Tech with Abu.
5: Alice Holloway and I'm Strategic Programme Lead at RNIB and I head up our Seasport Differently Programme which is a partnership between RNIB and British Blind Sport and it's all about getting blind and partially sighted people more active and breaking down the biggest barriers that stop them from being able to get involved in sport and activity.
0: And what is the sports that you've seen here? How progressive and how good it's growing now
5: so fast? RNIB is actually sponsoring the IBSA World Games um, so we've got there's blind football going on here there's vi tennis there's chess goalball showdown so there's loads of loads of sports and you know there's so many different ways that people with sight loss can get involved in sport and activity And it's just brilliant to see the sports on offer here and actually on the global stage so it can really help to show other people with sight loss how to get involved and, and kind of what's out there
0: how can people get involved with you guys by social media, email, or what's the best way of them getting in contact with the C-sports with RNIB and BBS?
5: You can just head to our website at c sport and on there you can find out more information about um, what sports are accessible and inclusive for people with sight loss. We've also got a C-Sport Differently quiz, so you can take the quiz and put a few answers in um, and find out a sport that might be right for you. So if you're not sure what you know what to take part in and you fancy getting active but you're not really sure where to start you can uh, take our quiz we've also got some home workouts if you want to just do something at home with mr motivator you can get involved in those and if you want to find out more about rnib and the services of rnib we do we've got our helpline so you can ring our helpline or you can visit the website the rnib website as well rnib.org.uk alice holloway at rnib see sport differently listening to sport tech with abby
6: my name's Ian Isham. I'm the Head of Sports Development for British Blind Sports. Across all of British Blind Sport, we work with loads of different sports, but obviously the sports that are here at the Games, um, and also one of our kind of main projects is uh, Seasport Sport Differently, in partnership with RNIB. Um, and we work with athletics, swimming, tennis, goalball, and rugby. Going forward, what do you think the future's for the sea sports? Plus, also one of our
0: coordinators, Neil Baxter, he's been working hard as well with the sea sports. So, what do you think the
6: future's like with this? Hopefully, we can use uh, the the games here as a bit of a, a springboard to grow in participation um, across uh, across the country, but also. Um, kind of making other sports realize that actually kind of with some simple uh, adaptations that kind of all sports can be made more inclusive and uh, you know more accessible for blind and partially sighted people. So what best tip would you give to someone that's interested in more than one sport? someone that's interested in more than one sport well that's fantastic uh i would say is um to well give as many sports a a go um kind of even if you're if you're good at one sport there's lots of sports that got transferable skills so if you're good at one you might be good at another you know it might even make you if you've got a sport that you prefer and that's your favorite one by taking part in another one you might end up developing some more skills that make you better at the first one so yeah kind of we say to everybody is play as many sports as you can, take the opportunity to kind of try out loads of sports. And how often does a new sport join
0: the Seasport sport or RNIB or the British Island Sports? Is there a rule that every year there has to be a
6: new sport joining? Our C-Sport Differently project is uh, kind of a a funded project that's kind of quite targeted towards kind of those six specific sports, but we work with kind of all sports um, kind of all year round. So um yeah there's no kind of uh limits on that there's no kind of ties on it so we would always welcome any new sports that want to try and get involved on our website we've got an activity finder so um kind of clubs can register on that and kind of use that to help promote their their sport or their club uh for more people to take part in and that's kind of open to everybody so um we're always open to kind of new sports and um you know ways to help give uh, new opportunities
0: and for people that have a barrier of uh, different learning difficulties and Mm. uh, vision impairment Mm. or adapting of a disabled person for a wheelchair how easy or hard is for them as well
6: there's obviously going to be challenges and barriers that um, can be quite individual um as well as kind of impairment specific um i mean i think the key thing is is just to kind of have a conversation and speak with um kind of your local whether it be a specific sports club or national body or kind of whatever it might be and um you know i certainly from my experience um since i've uh, joined british blind sport i think most people are kind of really happy to try and make adaptations and to uh, try and you know welcome new people in and uh if there's things that are individual to people then it's a case of uh, actually kind of working out how do we get around that how do we make this inclusive how do we get people involved
0: with these i've said games i know they happen every four years would you be going to the next one as well uh, because i know r and Abby were sponsoring this one do you reckon you'll go to the next
6: one again but hopefully yeah yeah definitely um you know it's uh um, it's it's a great event, and um, you know hopefully see uh, the Team GB athletes um, doing well, and you know where we've got some of the Paralympic qualifiers. It'd be great to see them uh, qualifying ready for Paris next year. Do you think
0: any new sports will be added, like either next year or the one in four years'
6: time? Um, well, so I would have thought for next year's probably um, it's probably a little bit late now to to get mad for that, but um, it, you know it'd be great to see um yeah a sport like showdown um kind of progressing and being recognized at the kind of paralympic level um kind of it would then add to kind of goalball as a kind of a real vi specific sport um so that'd be a great showcase for that but it'd be great to see and um kind of anything where we can uh, increase the uh, opportunities for blind and past people to perform on the uh, world stage is always welcome my name's ian isham i'm head of sport development for british blind sport you're listening to sports tech with abu
0: wherever you go like Comment, share, and subscribe! My podcast with Abu Bakr and Abdul Rahman al Shad on the Sport Tech with Abu!
7: I'm Catherine from Global UK, I'm a development officer, and during the World Games, I'm here at the Activation Zone telling everyone about Goldball
0: And uh, how is the game played? Normally, there's the court size and the ball that is played is a bit heavy, but it's got bells inside it.
7: Yeah, so we're a little bit improvised today because we're outside on grass, but the key principles remain the same. So all the players wear eye shades so that no one can see, so it makes it a level playing field. Then we use a ball, which is basketball size and is audible. So you can hear it there. It's got bells inside, so it doesn't matter that the players can't see it because they can hear it. And then we use a tactile court. So normally we're indoors in a sports hall and we put string and tape on the floor that the players can feel, but today outside we've got mats but the principle's the same the players can feel the difference between the mat and the grass and know where they are and it's a 3v3 game um, non-invasive so you stay in your own half attack and defend the idea is to roll the ball I say roll but the male Paralympians shift it about 50 miles per hour (laughs) so you send it along the floor towards the opposition they listen for it coming and then dive stretch out stop the ball Um, if they stop the ball they stand up and send it back if they don't stop the ball it goes in the goal behind and then team with the most goals at the end wins. You've got three different
0: uh, regions, you've got the Novice, Intermediate and it's used to be called it, but it's called Super Cup now.
7: Global UK, our national league, um, as you say, three levels, it's a pyramid, so we have our regional league, which is then split into three, North, Midlands and South. You then step up to the Intermediate League, which is North and South, and then step up again to the Super League. So in the Super League, that's where you'll find all our GB players and talent players, in the regional league it's a real mixture of people so you've got young children coming into the sport that's still physically and emotionally kind of maturing you've got adults who are new to sight loss you've got adults with additional disabilities and you've got people who just want to play for fun um, so it's a real mix of people
0: Do you have a point system one to five uh, one and two is novice three four is intermediate and the five is the top level that's before gb
7: so just tell how's the ruling worked on that well, it's actually changing for this season. We've got a one to six system, but essentially everyone is given a number between one and six, and then on court, depending on what league you're playing in what level, there's a maximum number. It's just to keep the game safe and fair and competitive. So if you're playing at a lower level, you'd be a one or a two. If you're playing in an intermediate level, you'd be you know, a three, four. And if you're playing at top level, five and sixes. So it just keeps the game fair.
0: How is the worked on the scoring system? I know you say you have a mercy and also you've got some rules when the ball goes out.
7: Yeah, there's various rules within the game itself. So probably the key ones are everyone puts eye shades on and they stay on. So you're not allowed to even touch your eye shades during the game. Obviously, visual impairment is a spectrum. It's not a case of see everything, see nothing. So if everyone puts eye shades on, it means no one can see to keep it fair. So then the eye shades have to stay on. The other rule is called noise. So when you're in possession of the ball, you can talk. But when the ball is traveling towards the opposition, you have to stay nice and quiet so the other team can hear the ball. We've then got something called high ball. So the ball must travel along the floor. If it travels through the air, the players can't hear these bells. So it's then a game of chance around the game of skill. So the ball must travel on the floor. Um, And then the fourth key rule is called 10 seconds. So as a team, you only have 10 seconds to get the ball back into the opposition half. So if the ball comes into me and I stop it cleanly, 10 seconds is quite a long time. So I might get to my feet and move a different position to change the angle of attack. Um, If the ball comes into me and it bounces off my big toe and I need to go find it, that 10 seconds can quickly go. So it just means it's a really fast game. For all of those rules, if you break them, it results in a penalty. And for a penalty, two teammates go off court and one player is left on court by themselves. You mentioned the mercy rule as well, that's if a team is winning by 10 clear goals, the game finishes. So for example, if the score's 10-1 and then the team that scored 10 scores an 11th goal, that would then be the end of the game. And what's the future looking like for the men's and women's? Both squads are developing. They've got a really good mixture of youth and experience. Um, This is a massive competition for us because it's an opportunity to qualify for the Paris Paralympics next year. Um, Obviously both teams are going to give it the best shot and uh, we'll see what happens. They've trained hard for it. They're in the best possible position and with the home crowd, who knows. You've seen the talent that's around the country. Any of the new upcoming stars that could feature in the future? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of players coming through. Simultaneously this week, we've got our talent squad and our academy, which is kind of the, the first generation of gold ballers. Um They're having a training camp nearby and are going along to, to watch the GB players play. Um, obviously to give them support but also to inspire them because hopefully some of them will be pulling on a GB shirt, if not in LA 2028 Paralympics and maybe Brisbane 2032.
0: And also we've got the Paralympics next year in France, Uh, what are the
7: chances of getting there? Qualification for the Paralympics is extremely hard because you only have eight teams and that is a global balance as well. So if you use the example of, say, the Men's World Cup, the European League is really hard to qualify from. So, often for a, a men's World Cup, you might have, say, Italy or Holland left at home, and then you'll have someone like Costa Rica or Panama that maybe are ranked a lot, lot lower in the world but qualify because of their geographical position. So, it's similar here in that the European League is really strong in goalball. So, for GB, just to qualify is very, very hard because with only being eight teams, you're looking at one from North America, South America, one from Europe, you know, one from um, Australasia, uh, one from Africa. It's very difficult to qualify. Never mind win the Paralympics.
0: Am I right in saying uh, the I think the US coach was saying all well, who have won the tournament they get a
7: automatic qualification. Yeah, the qualification is a bit of a um, confusion, (laughs) there's a number of ways to qualify, so you can qualify through the European Championships or the respective equivalents, so the American Championships, the Asian Championships, you can qualify through the World Championships which have already taken place and that were in Portugal in December last year and then this is the World Games and you can qualify through this as well, so it's a a bit of a list that you go down to work out qualifications.
0: And one best tip to anyone I know every club in up and down the country play a variety of different sports but the people who are interested in
7: goalball what best tip would you give to them to come along a bit ago a lot of people perceive themselves not to be sporty but goalball is a great sport and most people once they try it they fall in love with it all our clubs are really friendly and welcoming and as well as playing goalball you you kind of referenced it there we get involved in other sports and social events and activities and we call it the goalball family off-court activities (laughs) are just as important as on-court activities
0: and also you did last year the all women's tournament as well and if
7: someone's in a wheelchair can they play as well um if you're in a wheelchair it depends um as to if you can transfer out of your chair onto the floor then you can play goalball. You probably won't be able to play to a high competitive level, but you can play for fun. If someone isn't able to transfer, so maybe if they're in a power chair, it's difficult for them to play competitively, but they can certainly, you know, have a go at at tracking the ball and throwing the ball. Ideally, you want to be able to transfer from the floor to your feet to generate power. So um, it is a bit of a challenge for wheelchair users, but we are an inclusive sport, so we're happy to try and accommodate anybody
0: you've created the all ladies tournament as well last season
7: how successful was that so, there's a national initiative by Sport England called This Girl Can, which is just encouraging females to get involved in sport. So, there's lots of other sports involved. Goldball got involved, and we've got a steering group, so we've brought a group of young women together, um, various roles within Goldball. So, some are players, some are officials, some are parents, just to get different viewpoints. And one of the projects they worked on was an all female tournament. So, we're hoping to um, repeat that again this season. It's Catherine from Goldball UK, and listening to Sports Tech with Abu. Wherever you go, like, comment,
0: share, and subscribe my podcast with Abu Bakr and Abdul Rahman our Shad on the Sport Tech with Abu.
8: My name is Sorin Lapadatu. I'm the Ipsa Chess Chairman and the Director of the Tournament of Chess in Birmingham during the World Games. The game, each day, actually, the tournament is made in seven rounds each round per day, starting from three o'clock. The game schedule, the game time, is one hour, 30 minutes plus 30 seconds increment for each move. And for each move, they give extra 30 seconds. Each table have 64 squares. Each square have a hole in the middle and each piece have a leg. And when you take up a piece, you must put it in another hole, you know? And in this case, when you touch, feeling the pieces, you cannot put it down. And it's a little difference between the white pieces and the black pieces. All of the time, the black pieces have a screw on the top. For the players, when they touch it, they must know it. These are black pieces with no screw. It's white pieces.
0: What pieces are normally the king, the queen?
8: Horse, bishop, and the pounds. Of course, queen and king.
0: What's the m- main piece on the board that has the most value of the opponent player to win the round?
8: Of course, it's Queen. If you lose the Queen, you lose the game, actually. Because the Queen is the only one piece who can make movement in all the directions. And it doesn't matter how long is the direction.
0: Which direction is it normally played?
8: Normally, you know, when you start the game, you try to capture all the other pieces for the opponent, which means most of the moves you go straight, but there are some positions when you must defend, doesn't matter if you attack, and in this case you, you must move the bishop, the horse, the queen and the king, even you are allowed to move it back the only piece who goes only straight is the pound you cannot put it back a pound
0: going forward this game how big has it grown during because you said you're from romania and all around the world how has this game gradually grown now
8: actually you know after uh, football the most the biggest number of the players registered in other sports are in chess there are more than 10 million chess players all over the world but if we talk about the blinds it's almost well known in more than 60 countries the board is absolutely tactile you can feel it even the squares even the pieces it's in a way adapted the rules are the same with the rules of the side people is not a difference the only one difference is when you pick up the the piece you take out from the hole you must move it you cannot put it back if you take out a pound you must move the power. you cannot put it back. I said, OK, I changed my mind and I move the horse or the tower.
0: What are the actual rules and regulations for one person? Do they have to register from the organisation?
8: Normally, yes, all the chess players, the blind chess players, must register first on the association of the blinds in their countries or to the National Paralympic Committees in their countries. And to take part in a big IPSA championship, it's not like in other sports, it's not classification, which means the B1 players can compete with B2 and B3 on the same level. I can tell you, chess is the only one sport where the blinds can compete on the same level with sight people.
0: But don't you think that's a bit of a disadvantage if, let's say, for a B2 or a B3, knows no. can see a bit more than a B1?
8: No, it's not advantage at all. Because actually, you play with your mind, you know, not with your vision all players have in the mind hundreds of games you know actually they use the table only to be sure to check it the position but they have the position in the mind and sometimes they feel the, the table to see it, if the pound is in the right place or in the horse is in the right place actually it's a sport of mind it's the only one sport of mind and you must be very smart you know, to play chess. It's not easy like football because everybody can play football, everybody can be coach of football. No, it's a totally big difference.
0: Could you give any tips or advice for someone like me who's just seen the game for the first time? How crucial is it for them as well? Like myself, I am registered blind or someone with a learning disability.
8: First of all, you know, you must start playing chess actually very early, somewhere when you have five, six years old. To improve it, to have coaches, to have uh, at least four hours per day to training. You must read a lot of magazines, manuals, because there are a lot of opening manuals, middle game manuals, ending of the game manuals. Follow a chess game is quite complicated for the blind. They use the computer and the game is online. You can hear the earphones, each move. There are some special programs who analyze all the moves. All the games, millions of games played almost each day by all the players from the world. Starting from Carlsen, who is the biggest chess player in the world, up to the last blind, who re- play in a registered tournament.
0: How long have you been in this game, uh, being a director of the chess?
8: Chess is the last sport joining the IPSA family. He was uh, joining in 2015, but in the world, it's other big organization international blind chess association who set up in 1954
0: if I wanted to get a chess board the adaptation with the board how do I get the equipment and the chess pieces
8: you can find it if you go uh, if we talk about England you can contact the NIB and sure they have a store where they sell it chess adapted for the blind if it's not you can go it through the internet, check it and you find it. Also the clocks because it's a game who play with a clock, you know. Also exist in the world, adapted clocks you just use the earphones and you can check it the time all of time, the opponent time there are some smart clocks who said even how many moves you do it in a game.
0: You're saying there's not a set time for when the person starts or finishes the uh, match and is it 1v1 or can it be done like doubles as well? Like in tennis there's doubles or in no, like No,
8: it's only if you win, if you lose, lose, or it's a draw. How is it a draw? When even the white, even the black, have a very hard position and they cannot find no one uh, way to capture the king. If you have a very good defence, you defended the king. In any position, I cannot capture your king, you know. But if sometimes when you win it's a clear position which means next move i attack your king and you cannot move it in other place without being attacked by other pieces which means your king is stuck in the position and he cannot make any kind of moves you can go to to the site and you find ipsa site and ibca site and both have contact email addresses whatsapp page pon ww.ibsa.org. Urez mult succes tuturor românilor din Anglia să ai be vreme bune și să nu uite niciată pe români. I wish to the all the Romania who live in UK a lot of success and never forget their country. Sorin Lebadatu from Ibsa Chess Committee, you are listening to
0: Thank you for listening to the Sport Tech with Abu today with various platforms of interviews specializing their special needs and various topics that we cover every episode. So Please give us a like, comment, share, and please subscribe to the Sport Tech with Abu. And also you can find me on more various of social media platforms as well, such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So Facebook page is Abu Bakr Sports and Technology. Facebook ID is Abu Bakr Ishtiak. And Twitter is Abu Ish 30. That's A-B-U-I-S-H 30 as the number 30. And my Instagram is Abu Bakr Ishtiak. That's A-B-U-B-A-K-R i-s-h-t-i-a-q so please give a like comment share and subscribe to my sport tech with abu because we cover every angle also you can find me on tiktok life with abu